God's message with God's love. You know, some might say, man, can we get to a new subject now? I mean, but the reality is, is, is as long as there are people out there um, that haven't encountered God and that are unaware of God's love for them and his passion and compassion for them, that they haven't heard about Jesus, I don't think we can ever really sort of tone down a little bit. You know, I have a fireplace at home, and when I put a log on the fireplace in the morning, I'm not like, okay, we're good for a long time now. We've, we've already done that, and I don't need to put any more wood on the fire. You know, that fire will die out. I want our church, I want our people to be uh, burning red hot for reaching people for Jesus. Because people are important. Because people are just as important that are sitting in this room that are out there. Amen. There is equally as important, guys. You know, we can't think that we're some kind of uh, righteous few in this room and that we're, we're God's, uh, you know, r- r- really the ones he loves and he's really just not sure about those other until they get right with him. You know, God is just as passionate about that prodigal son that was eating uh, food from pigs I'm not saying anything negative about people that aren't here today, that are, that are out there or aren't in another church today. But I, I am saying something about the condition of their heart. That, that I mean, I, I understand you don't have to be in church to be right with God. But certainly, uh, you know, it, it, we talk about this parable about um, the uh, guy that shows up to the, the wedding feast and he doesn't have the right clothes on. And what does is, what is the guy who's throwing the big banquet do? He throws him out. He says, get out of here. There's a parable, if you're not familiar with it, it's a parable that Jesus taught. And that, that's always, I've always scratched my head at this one, like, how, wh- what's up with this guy? Because, you know, if those that are at the wedding banquet are the ones who have, have given their lives to Christ, how did this guy get in? And I just really think that, that uh, he, he got thrown out because he wasn't wearing the right clothes. I just really think, like, you can be a Christian and not be at ch- in church. You can, it's possible. I'm not sure you'll be wearing the right clothes, but it's possible. Okay, we won't get too heavy with that. <laughs> Sorry, little tangent. Awesome. Let's see if I can get back to the beginning here without showing you all my slides. No, it's broken. Can you click on that, buddy? Caleb, is he in the room? Can you help him out? Anyway... We're going to hear today about um, a message on hearing God's voice. And some of you might say, hey, uh, I talk to God on a daily basis. I hear his voice. You know, he speaks to me. Well, let this be a refresher. Let this uh, make you more proficient in hearing God's voice. Uh, But if you're like me, um, you may have been one at some point in your life that has heard uh, people uh, talk about Hearing God's voice, okay, I'm going to give you guys all seizures right now, so close your eyes. Um, You know, you might have heard people talk about hearing God's voice, like, you know, I was in the store today, and I just heard the Lord say to me, just go over there and talk. Like, what? wait, what a second? You heard what? Like, what, like in the grocery store, over there in common? Like, aisle five, I need you to go talk to them. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So hearing God's voice, we're going to learn uh, what it means to us, and we're even going to get, give you steps. I'm going to give you steps today on how to prime the pump, uh, so to speak, in getting your spiritual ears tuned to God's voice. The first thing we have to know about hearing God's voice, though, is that God is always speaking. There's never a point where, where you know what, God has just been silent and um, he's not talking anymore, and he's quiet. Um, you know, if, you, if you've ever heard that, that God doesn't speak anymore, uh, that's a myth. 
and myths uh, typically are untrue, but God is always speaking, and we're going to hear out why. But here's the problem. If God is always speaking, why aren't we always hearing? And um, just as this TV shows, uh, we need to be tuned in. So uh, if you, anyone here watch network television still, the free one, uh, and no? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Um, let's see. Okay, someone back there isn't ashamed to admit, yeah, I watch network television. You know, I don't have to pay for it. That's the best kind. If it's free, it's for me. That's my motto. Um, but, you know, if you turn on the TV and no station is coming in, you don't call the network and be like, hey, is this Fox? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not getting any uh, uh, news on my TV. They're going to hang up on you. They're going to be like another prank phone call, you know. You're not getting TV because you're not tuned in. Your antennas aren't pointing in the right direction. Remember those bunny ears, the ones sitting on top of this TV? Latasha pointed out to me earlier, she's like, you know what? I used that example in my first sermon. She's like, dude, you're so old school. You need to be talking about Wi-Fi. Well, let's talk about (laughs) Wi-Fi. You know, if you're at home on your computer and you're not getting internet, like, you don't like the first thing you do isn't like call Al Gore and be like, "Hey, um, the internet's broken. Uh, it, ain't, it ain't working anymore. Can you get that thing fixed and fired back up?" You go check your modem. You check your router. You make sure that you're tuned in. You make sure that you're plugged in. You make sure that you're you're wired up. Make sure that you paid your bill. I don't know how that directly relates as far as paying your bill. Uh, but I'm sure if I think about it longer, I'll come up with something by the end of the sermon. God speaks, and we need to be tuned in. Revelations 3, uh, verse 22. It says, um, He who has an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches, let him hear. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's who has ears like spiritual antennas. Like, he who has a spiritual Wi-Fi connection, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You have to be connected. If you have ears, you should be able to hear. If your ears aren't pointing, I was telling uh, this story earlier. Uh, Sarah, uh, last night, I forget what we were even talking about. I asked her a question. We're laying in bed. Our backs are turned to each other. I ask her a question. She answers me, I can't hear. I say, what? She answers me again, I can't hear. I say, what? Finally, she rolls over and she yells the answer to me. And I heard her. What was the problem? The problem is my back was turned to her. I didn't have ears to hear what she was saying. John uh, chapter 10. If you guys have your Bibles, I'd love if you open it up. If you don't... um, have a Bible, you can download one on your smartphone or whatnot. Um, John chapter 10, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, being, is talking about the good shepherd. He's saying, I am like a shepherd in this, in this conversation, in this monologue that he's having. And he's giving an illustration uh, in verse 2. He says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. Note that first voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out all his own, when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Voice second time. A stranger will not follow. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Three times we hear the word voice in there, saying sometimes we hear things, not always the voice of God, but God has a voice. He is the shepherd, and those that that are his sheep will hear his voice, they will know his voice, and they will follow it. So there's a principle here. In order to follow Christ... In order to follow the good shepherd, we need to hear God's voice. We have to have the Lord's voice in our life. 
It's a must. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, you will hear that voice. This is an awesome scripture about the promise of those who hear God's voice. They will guide. He will lead. He will guide you in all your steps. Give you the direction of what you turn. It's a must. What would our what would our lives look like if we had spiritual insight? If we had the voice of the Lord saying, "God, we've submitted our hearts to you. We've submitted our finances to you. Now, God, help help us make wise financial choices." What if we heard God's voice on how we spend our money? What if we heard God's voice on our marriages or our relationships? What if we heard God's voice on our jobs and our occupations? When we come into a problem at work, when Jim's working on a a nasty transmission and he just prays and says, God, give me insight. And I know that he has. And I know God's spoken to him and has given him divine insight on how to repair a car. So here's a silly question, uh, but it needs to be answered anyway. Why does God want to speak to us? You know, he's not wanting to speak to you so that you can win the lottery. He's not wanting to speak to you so that you can live a happy life. I know that sounds, sounds strange, but you know what? We can, we can see this, this image clearly in Genesis chapter 3 as, as we see uh, this amazing story of God's relationship to the first humans that ever walked to the earth. And it says that he would come in the cool of the day and spend time with Adam. What was he doing there? Was he giving him tips on where to invest his stock portfolio? Was he giving him uh, insight on uh, marit- marital disputes between him and Eve? Was he telling him the best way on how to uh, sow seed in the ground to like reform the agriculture policy of the day? No. No, he didn't need any of those things. Adam's provisions were all taken care of him. It was a sin-free world. He didn't have to worry about anything. Why was God speaking to Adam? It's simple. It's the same reason he wants to speak to you and me today. It's all about relationship. God is a God who wants to pursue you. God is a God who wants to have conversation with you because He has quality. He has value for quality time. Who does God speak to? That's an interesting question because I just said in the beginning that God is always speaking and we just need to tune in. So why would I ask the question of who does he speak to? You know, the reality is, is, as I told you the story last night, my back facing Sarah. I wasn't speaking to Sarah. I was speaking to the wall. She happened to hear me, and I didn't hear Sarah because she wasn't speaking to me. She was speaking to the wall. Our hearts were turned uh, the opposite of each other. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Many of us know this verse. It's a famous Christian verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. You guys know that? Has anyone ever heard that verse before? That's an amazing verse. What's even more amazing is the next two verses that follow. They're just as amazing. When you will call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. Why? Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when, when, so there's a qualification, when you seek me with all your heart. Our backs will no longer be turned to each other. I'm always speaking, but you're not always listening. And I'm not always speaking to you because your heart is not turned towards me. 
I'm not speaking that directly to you. You understand that's a principle that we need to follow. God, how can, how can we turn our hearts towards you? How can we give our lives fully to you, God? How can we be so tuned in to your heart, to your presence, God? How can we, be, how can, how can we take anything that is out of our heart that would cause it to rise above you, God? That's the prayer I want to pray. What if we don't hear from God anymore? Now, this is a sermon on how we hear God's voice. I believe that there are many people in this room that have heard God lots of times. Um, But I also believe there are people in this room that might say, you know what, God, I used to hear your voice. And for some reason, you feel distant to me now. I don't hear you as clearly or if all or if at all. Where are you? Where am I? You know, I want to show you uh, four roadblocks um, that if you remove these out of your life, uh, I believe that you can um, clear the path for you to be able to hear God's voice again. And so we're going to go through these quickly. Uh, The first one is go back to the last thing that he told you. You know, it's, it's pointless for God to begin speaking to you on which direction to turn when you didn't follow his direction the last time. God just sort of has a hard time with disobedience. I don't know, he can't get over it. He hasn't gotten over it in the last million years. But, you know, if, if, if you'd say, man, I, I feel like the Lord had told me to go, you know, connect with this person that I feel like had a grievance towards me and never did, got lost track of it, um, forgot about it. I pray that today that the Lord would remind you of the last thing that he told you to do. Because he wants to unclog that channel. The next thing is, is remove any unforgiveness, anger, or bitterness. Now, let me tell you a little something about unforgiveness and anger and bitterness. We know anger is not a sin, but we know that when we uh, act foolishly on our anger, it is a sin. And we know if we harbor anger, that that causes uh, infection in our hearts, right? So when I say anger, I mean anger that's hung out a little too long. Unforgiveness that's hung out at all is uh, never good. It's like letting a skunk in your house, right? It's like having spiritual constipation. You can't get the crap out because you got something clogging the pipes. Someone's going to about to be tweeting that, like, Pastor George. (laughs) It's true. It is absolutely true. It is the number one top of the list thing that will be the biggest roadblock in your spiritual life. It is the one thing that actually prevents, test me, get in your Bibles and prove this. It is the number one thing that actually prevents God's mercy and grace in your life. The scripture actually says, if you can't forgive others, you stop me from being able to forgive you. So, take, take spiritual inventory of your life, your relationships, You know, sometimes the Lord may remind you of some unforgiveness that you didn't even know existed of some random person 10 years ago that you had harbored something there that caused a little thorn in there, caused a little little dam and, you know, this spiritual has to flow around it and, you know, and it's blocking things up. You know, remove that. Get it out of there. It doesn't belong in there. Okay, I'm not going to stay there too long. Uh, Create a quiet space and remove the distractions. You know, when I'm in the car, I like to listen to NPR. It's radio, you know, news. uh, And, um, you know, sometimes I have Sarah and the kids that are in the car, and the kids are, you know, fighting, do what they do best. And, uh, you know, Sarah's maybe on the phone talking. Turn that down. I'm trying to talk. And, And I can't hear, you know, 
the news. I want to hear what's going on in, in Syria, or I want to hear what's going on with the floods in California, and I can't hear what's going on because there's distractions in the car. So I pull over and say, get out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's a terrible example. Nonetheless, it's my example. You guys get the point. Sometimes we need to create space where we have distraction-free, where we need to turn off our cell phones, where we need to uh, turn off our regular Wi-Fi so that we can turn on the spiritual Wi-Fi. <clears throat> be intentional. You know what? If you're going to seek God and you're going to hear his voice, be intentional. Don't do it passively. If you're really uh, you know, saying, I can't break through this, fast. You know, a lot of times it's because your, your flesh, man, your person, your, even your body, your literal body is saying, I'm in control and I supersede everything that is spiritual, everything you want to do for God. You know, the reality is sometimes I wake up and say, okay, I'm going to spend some God time. And then my belly's like, oh, you forgot to eat breakfast. You better go do that now. You know, when we fast, we tell our bodies, uh, we tell our, our flesh, we tell our own personal agendas that you are subservient to the spiritual agenda. Do you know what supernatural means? It's not a weird kind of freaky word. It's not a TV show. It means the superior, it means the superior nature. It means there's a natural that's actually superior to the natural that you live in. When we, when we uh, fast, we actually shift. We say, actually, the supernatural is more important than the natural. The nature that comes from God, his kingdom, is actually more important than the kingdoms here on earth, than the kingdom of my body, than the kingdom of my belly, than the kingdom of my mind. How does God speak? I'm going to run through these quickly. Um, Oftentimes, uh, we see in the Bible, we see uh, occasions where God speaks in a very clear, audible voice. Um, I don't, this is not common, uh, on occasion, this might happen. There might be people in this room that have heard it. Uh, God speaks to me in a lot of ways, and only one time in my life have I, do I think that I heard the audible voice of God. We have a story in Samuel where Samuel, as a young boy, is sleeping, and uh, he hears his name called, and he goes to his mentor say, Hey, did you call my name? And his mentor uh, says, It was probably the Lord. You, if you hear it again, you should ask. Like, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. I've had that happen one time in my life where in the middle of my sleep, um, a voice woke me up calling my name that was not my wife or my kids or anyone or a burglar in my house. Like, I'm looking around. Like, I went and checked the door. I'm like, what is going on? Because someone just called out my name. Uh, so I didn't hear anything after that, but just went into prayer and said, okay, Lord. Um, and he began talking to me in other ways after that. Uh, but that's, that's very uncommon. It's not something that we should pursue. We can't make God speak to us in an audible voice, but that is something he does sovereignly. The second way is dreams. That's also something he does sovereignly. We can't make God give us dreams. But I do want to say that every person in this room has had a God dream. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. From the time that you were a baby, I believe that God has been giving you dreams. Not all dreams, I believe, are from God. uh, But I do believe that God speaks to every single person through dreams. Uh, I believe that uh, we can see in the Bible that some dreams uh, God will give that are, that are, that are dreams of, of declaring purpose into your life. They're not dreams that you need to act on. They're not dreams that you need to do anything uh, for. They're dreams that you might be able to pray in. We have a great story example of the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. He had a dream that one day his family would actually bow down to him, that he would be uh, a great and uh, mighty ruler as a young boy, even, even uh, before he was old enough to be an adult, he had this dream. And, and uh, he made the mistake of trying to enact this thing out. And he tells his family, guess what? One day God's going to make me rule over you. That didn't go over very well for him. They threw him in a pit. Then he became a slave. Then he went to jail. But then... God sovereignly, without him having to do anything, raised him up to be the Lord over a nation. So the point is, is that oftentimes God speaks to us in dreams. And uh, the way we interpret those dreams, uh, we really just 
always have to submit them back to God. Periodically, God will give you a dream that he requires immediate action. Another story in the Bible is the other Joseph, the father, uh, the uh, adoptive father of Jesus. Um, he had a dream uh, in the middle of the night. An angel came in, in a dream and spoke to him saying, get up, get out, because your life is in danger. And that was an immediate dream. He didn't wake up and say, God, were, were you speaking to me? What, what do you want us to do? You know, he knew he didn't have to question it. He knew exactly what God, there wasn't a shadow of a doubt in his mind. I've had that happen to me twice in my life. I've had, I've had thousands and thousands of God dreams. And twice in my life have I woken up and immediately knew what I was supposed to do. I didn't have to pray about it. I didn't have to get revelation. And when God wants you to do something quickly and immediately, he will give you the insight quickly and immediately. Uh, I'll give you an example. One time in my life, um, I was, was, even before I was married, I was still living at home with my parents. And um, God gave me a dream about a relationship, a friendship that, w- that I was in that was extremely unhealthy. Uh, we know as believers, it's okay to be friends with people who are unbelievers. That's fine. But we need to be careful of who's influencing who, right? We need to be careful, is, is this person influencing me more than I'm influencing them? And that was the case in the scenario. And God woke, uh, spoke to me in the middle of the night and said, you, you are being uh, manipulated and you need to get out of the relationship. And I did, and, and it was absolutely freeing and fruitful. Second time, as a leader, God gave me insight into a situation that I would have no way of knowing uh, about a problem that existed that I didn't, was unaware that it existed. And I woke up that day, and I knew exactly what the problem was. Uh, I was able to actually intercept the problem in the middle of it happening. And uh, we were... We, we, uh, began to bring a process of, of restoration in, uh, into that situation. Um, that was incredible. That was all God. Um, but he will get, when he gives you spiritual dreams, it's something, if you wake up and you don't have an immediately, immediate answer to it, it's something that you need to write down and you need to pray into. Um, we know God is a God of spirit and is not a God of your mind. So when you're sitting there trying to figure out what the dream is, you are always, 100% of the time, going to come up to the, with the wrong conclusion. Write that one down. All right, visions. God speaks to people all the time in visions. Uh, Some of you may have even had visions and you didn't know it. Um, But uh, oftentimes, in fact, I have visions all the time. These aren't uh, ways that God speaks that are like, whoa, that's far out. Like you won't see me like doze off into a trance. Um, But when, you know, I've I've learned that when I pray uh, that the Lord is the Lord of um, my imagination. So let me show you something really cool. Um, here, I'm going to switch, switch gears. I want you guys, if you brought your Bibles, I want you to open up to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, this is super cool. I'm really excited about this verse um, because it, it speaks so much on how God speaks to us. Those that have even heard, uh, you know, heard God's voice a number of times, those that walk with God daily and know how to hear his voice, I believe that you'll even get revelation out of this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read this to you. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Through where? The Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts, who knows your thoughts, except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also, no one, underst- uh, no one comprehends the thoughts of God, the thoughts of God, except for what? The spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is, where is it from? But we have received the Spirit who is from God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom or taught, uh, but taught by the Spirit. So, just saying, when we talk, we're not talking out of intellect. We're not articulating to you what God spoke out of our intellect, but we've interpreted this through our Spirit. The person, uh, the natural person, remember we talked about the natural person versus the supernatural, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him. They are foolishness to him. 
And he is not able to understand them because they are not spiritually discerned. Because they are spiritually discerned. You're not able to understand the voice of God with your mind because they're spiritually discerned. Okay? Uh, The spiritual person judges all things, but is to himself to be judged by no one. So the uh, spiritual person judges all things. Okay, we're going to talk about actually uh, judging God's voice uh, later on in the message. Uh, so, so this is saying the spiritual person judges all things. By all things, it means all things. But it's not to be judged. It's not to be uh, condemned. We, only God is to judge us. But we are to judge what we interpret spiritually. That is our responsibility. Later on in Corinthians, it'll talk about um, actually giving prophetic words. Um, and, and, and I'm going to define uh, prophecy to you. Prophecy is this is the easiest definition of a prophetic word of prophecy, okay? It's, I'm going to super simplify it. It's hearing God's voice and then being able to accurately articulate it. Hearing God's voice, or I should say hearing God's voice, and being able to accurately communicate that verbally to people or written, okay? So it's not something weird. Oh, this prophecy, you know. What? No, it's, it's simply just being able to... Do you know when I say Jesus loves you with an everlasting love? Do you know that's a prophetic word? Because I've actually heard that from God, and I'm communicating that to you. Check, check. Okay. All right. <clears throat> The spiritual person judges all things. Okay, we got that. Okay, this is what I wanted to end. Uh, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I want to conclude that with with, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. You don't have to look it up. Do you know that uh, you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Whose spirit? God's spirit. So, when you, if you have the spirit inside of you, what spirit is that? It's God's spirit. And God's spirit speaks to you. It's an internal spirit. God's spirit lives, dwells inside of you. You are the, the temple of the Lord and his spirit dwells inside of you. So it's an internal thing. It's inside of you and it speaks to you. So something in you is speaking to you. Your spirit speaks to your intellect. Does that make sense? Are you following me? So when you hear God's voice, you'll never hear God's voice in a uh, second person. You'll never hear God's voice say, Barbara Jean, I need you to park in Oldies today. (laughs) You know what? There there will be a supernatural thought that comes in her mind that says, as she pulls in the church parking lot next Sunday, I'm not trying to call you out. I don't know where you parked, but if, let's say, she's tempted... And then the Spirit of God speaks into her and reminds her to park at Aldi's. What was that thought? Was that her own thought? It could have been, but most likely, you know, we can talk about other, uh, maybe something that she didn't know before. Maybe something she had never heard before. This happens, uh, we we do these things called treasure hunts where we ask God, uh, God, give us clues about people uh, and situations around us. And uh, we find the clues and we're able to minister God's love by tracking people down using the clues that he gave us. How do we know those clues? Well, uh, they're, they're thoughts that came from the spirit inside of us that come to our mind. Nobody's hearing the audible voice of the Lord. No one's hearing inside of their head, hey, George, look for a guy with a green jacket. All of a sudden, an image might pop in of a green jacket or a thought might pop in of a green jacket. That thought can't, comes from the spirit and trickles its way up to the mind. So, we understand that visions are the same way. When we say, God, can you speak to us? And I close my mind and I close my eyes and I submit my mind to God that he will show me things. Um, And it's really cool. And that's available to everyone. Amen. See, she does have the spirit of the Lord. Oh boy. So, Let's see, another way that we hear God's voice is through Scripture. Um, this is really, 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 really important. Uh, one of the things, if I could make sure that you grasp something today, this would be uh, one of them. Uh, God speaks to us through his word. His word is living, it's active, it's alive. Um, you, you know, when we study the Scriptures, we can study it in two different ways. Uh, we can read the word for inspiration, or we can read the word for 
information. And to hear God's voice, uh, I'm submitting to you that we need both. We need to uh, be reading the word of God both for information. Information, uh, if we think of an example of building a building, is like the structure. It's like the steelwork inside. It's like uh, the, 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 the cement foundation. Um, reading the word of God uh, with an informational mindset is saying, okay, what is the history behind the story? Where is God in this picture? What is he saying to the people uh, that's, that's in this story, uh, what, what, uh, what's the nature of God in this? You're looking for information. You're looking to, uh, to completely understand what is happening in the scriptures. Now, inspiration is how is those scriptures speaking into your life? How is it giving, giving you life and inspiring you to live a more godly life? How is those words directly speaking into your situations that you can apply in everyday life? It's like, um, it's like the atmosphere in the room. It's like the furniture. It's like the chairs in the room. Look, we can have a great structure, but without chairs, we're really lacking practical application. We're lacking how does this room actually, how do we actually use this room? How do we use this great structure? You know, it's, it's the decor. Does this room make us feel good? Does this room inspire us? You know, I was telling the story. Um, when I was in uh, uh, elementary school, uh, we had this school in, in Hudsonville, Michigan. It was called All Word Elementary School. All the other schools called us All Weird Elementary School. They're all weird. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, we probably were, um, but it was built, it was like this cinder block building and they just painted the cinder blocks white, you know, and they had like the, the, uh, floor that you'd see and like Myers, you know, it's just like these tiles that are just blah. It was just boring. Uh, you know, and you walked in there and immediately, I remember even my first day of school, I'm like, I'm at school. And I'm like, I'm immediately bored. I'm like, oh, I'm bored already. And that was 12 years of my life. They lacked inspiration. It lacked the furniture that inspired uh, uh, to be a student, that inspired to learn, that inspired to articulate. I'm, I, I want to um, talk a little bit about this. Um, does anyone know what this is? Cable? Cable cord? Someone said a cable cord. That's uh, when you have cable, whether it's cable internet or cable television running into your house, uh, if you cut that wire open, it'd, it'd look a lot like this. Um, do you see there's a silver braided wire there? And then there's this uh, silver flat, uh, looks like aluminum foil wrapped in there. Does anyone know what that is? Go ahead, if you know, say it out loud. A shield. So that, that aluminum wrapping, is anyone like an audio person in this room or no? Okay. Uh, man, all my audio people came to the first service because they got this like right away. That, that shield um, is actually supposed to protect the signal. So if I laid, uh, let's say, one of these speaker wires and I wrapped this speaker wire up with a bunch of extension cords, um, that electrical uh, current would actually mess with the signal and you'd hear a bunch of static and a bunch of other stuff. Same way with your, uh, with, you know, the TV coming into your house. The TV coming into your house, if you didn't have that coil, you'd be picking up all kinds of electrical signals that are going all throughout your house and you'd have a lot of kind of crazy, uh, in, unclear picture coming to your TV screen. Well, the spirit, uh, the, the scripture of God actually can act as a shield for you to, to have a clear signal to the Lord. And what I mean by that, I mean when we're looking at Scripture and we understand the character and the nature of God, when something comes in that's not of God, you'd say, well, wait, that may have been God, but according to Scripture, we know that that's not God, so we're going to keep you on the outside of the signal and not on the inside of the signal. When you're not in the Word of God, when you don't have the Word of God in your heart, Hearing God's voice is going to be increasingly hard because there are a lot of messages out there. There are a lot of things, both naturally and spiritually, that want to speak to your life. And you will be getting all kinds of signals. As you, as you sort through the Word of God, it doesn't mean that those signals won't try to get in, but you have a barrier. You have a shield that can protect the true signal. So uh, if you can find it in my notes... Here, I'm lost where I'm at. Proverbs. 
Proverbs uh, 30, verse 5, every word of God proves true. That's to be noted. Every word of God proves true. So there's truth in that shield, and then it goes on. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Everyone say amen. That was a good word. Okay, back to other ways we can hear God's voice. Scripture, other people. God can use other people to speak to you. I've um, heard God's voice uh, from people who actually even weren't believers. You know, God, uh, the Scripture talks about uh, Balaam's donkey. Has anyone ever heard of that story? Balaam's donkey. uh, Balaam's walking along riding his donkey, and the donkey throws him off, and the donkey speaks to him uh, through the voice of the Lord, speaks to him. God can use other people to speak to you. Uh, And I've had great men and women of God who've spoken the word of God into my life. I've had people that were far from God that have, that have spoke something so profound that I said, wait a second, that was the voice of the Lord. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but the last one that we are going to spend time on is this still small voice. Uh, the still small voice, that term comes from uh, Elijah who is as on the mountain, God brings him up the mountain. God says, I'm going to show myself to you. And there's this great earthquake, and the Scripture says God's not in that. And there was this big thunder and lightning and crashing and fire. And the Bible says God was not in that. And then there was a gentle breeze. And it doesn't say what it was. I wish it would have spent a little bit more time defining this. But it was so intriguing that this is the word that has gone out for thousands of years. It says that there was a still Small voice. When I think of a still small voice, I don't think of something loud and audible. It's something internal, like we talked about, like the spirit of God talking to your intellect. We don't discern these things from our mind, but we discern these things from our spirit, the spirit that searches the mind of God, because we have been given the mind of Christ. So how do we hear uh, God's voice? We're going to get into um, the details here. Um, these are fun uh, way to prime your pump. Okay, uh, a pump primer. If anyone uh, has a, a spray, uh, you know, commercial spray painter, or if you have a well, you know that a pump has to be primed. And I'm going to give you uh, five keys on how to prime your pump to be able to hear God's voice. This is something that every single person in this room can come back next week and assuredly say to me, I have heard the voice of God. Um, I guarantee it. So we're going we're gonna to take our lessons here from Habakkuk uh, chapter 2. Everyone say Habakkuk. Habakkuk. It just sounds fun. That's a fun name, Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, I will take my stand at my watch post. If you, have a, a, if, you under, if you write in your Bible, underline watch post. And I will station myself on the tower. If you write in your Bible, underline tower. Those are two key words there. Um, and took and look out to see what he will say to me. And I will answer concerning my complaint. I will, he's going to give a, a response back to his people concerning the complaint. My, my complaint towards the Lord, I'm going to answer back to my people. And the Lord answered me, write the vision down. Make it plain on tablets so they may, may run who reads it. So they may run with it. So they may grab a hold of it and act it out. Okay? So uh, this is the, the, the scripture we're going to use to... Understand the five keys to hearing God's voice. The first one is quiet yourself. Get in your watch post. Get in your tower. What is in, think of a medieval tower. Uh, Think of what's up there. Think of a watch post. Maybe in the military, what's in a watch post? You know, a, a watch post, they may have guns up there in case they need them. But you know, a watch post is not, they're not meant to shoot the enemy from a watch post. What are they meant to do? They're meant to watch. So what's up there? Nothing. There's nothing up there. There's a reason for that. They don't put board games up there because they're supposed to be watching. 
They don't put a Nintendo up there because they're supposed to be watching. It's distraction-free. That's my point. Get in a quiet place. Get in your watchtower. Jesus, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, I believe. I thought I put it in my notes, but I don't see it. Um, oh, yeah, there it is. It says, um, And arising early in the morning, this is talking about Jesus, Jesus rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. Jesus went to his watchtower. He went to his watch post up in the tower. Not a literal tower, you know what I mean. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who uh, were with him searched for him. And they found him and they said to him, everyone's been looking for you. We texted you. We called you. went straight to voicemail. You deactivated your Facebook account. I mean, you know, we, we even tried the 1990 pager and you didn't answer. You didn't call us back. Where were you, Jesus? You didn't leave a note on the fridge? Nothing. Jesus was in his watch post. You know, it's okay. I just want to give everyone here permission. Do you know it's okay for you to have quiet time with the Lord? I know that there are mothers in here uh, who have kids at home who are saying, I don't even understand how that's possible. You know what? Kids can have quiet times too. And kids that have quiet time are because they have parents who have made that a discipline. Uh, I didn't give this to the first service, but I want to give this to you. You can create a discipline of quiet time in your house. It, it's work. But you know what? It's only going to happen if you have a value for it, right? And it may be resisted at first, but I guarantee everybody in your house, without exception, by the time you implement this fully, everyone will have that same value for it, an equal value, and everyone will submit to it if you raise the temperature of that value in your house. It doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours. You know, start out small. Parents, start out small. People without parents that just have spouses that are like, you know, talking all the time. (laughs) You know, we're just going to have some quiet time right now. You know, that's okay. Look for vision as you pray. Habakkuk said, uh, let's go back to see what Habakkuk said. Habakkuk said, says, and look out to see, to see what he will say. Okay? So Habakkuk is positioning himself to hearing the Lord with his spiritual eyes, to hearing the Lord through visions, through pictures, to, to see what the Lord will speak to him. I feel like that sometimes, too. Sarah's making me leave. I'm like, I don't want That's okay. We all have those moments. We all have those moments. Okay, so uh, practical people, get in your quiet time and close your eyes and say, God, I have quieted myself. You know what happens a lot of times when I get in my uh, quiet time? Uh, my brain goes hyperactive, and I think of a gajillion things that I need to do. I just want to give you a practical tip, you know. The 9 o'clock service didn't even have this one, so you guys are lucky. Get with you a, a, a list and just begin writing those things out furiously. Just write them out. Write them out. Everything your mind thinks. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't try to shut it off. Don't try to reroute it. Just begin uh, submitting it to paper. Once it's on paper, your mind can be free. You've just basically uh, mentally vomited on paper. Now that's out of your system. You can put that aside and know that after you're done. Wow, that's like, uh, what, constipation and now vomiting? This is awesome. That's my kind of word. <clears throat> Sarah, I'm going to get home. She's going to be like, honey. We need to cast some demons out. <laughs> you know, you, you can, you can um, 
you can get that all out of the way because your, your mind wants to go crazy. It's that whole element of being intentional. Sometimes we need to fast in order to discipline. If you're not there yet, this week you can still hear the voice of God. Just, just get that all out on paper. Put that to the side and say, after I'm done with my quiet time, I'm going to pick this paper back up and we're going to go through the list. But until then, I'm going to hear God's voice. And I close my eyes and I say, God, you begin to speak to me. Show me anything. Ask God a question. Say, God, how do you feel about me? Start with that question this week. When you get home, when you find your quiet space, just ask this one question. God, how do you feel about me? Do you know the scripture says that his thoughts about you are more than the the, uh, grains of sand on the seashore? So he's got a lot to say to you. Let me say that again. His thoughts for you are more than what there are sand on the seashore. He's got a lot to say to you. God's voice comes as spontaneous thought. Um, So we need to kick our mind in neutral. We need to know that our spirit within us is going to be speaking to our mind. It's not going to come in second person. So someone's not going to say, hey, Dave, you know, someone's not going to say, hey, Ivan, you know, you are going to hear it as an internal thought, but it'll be the voice of the Lord. And you don't, don't question it because you can always sort through that stuff later. Just, just begin to have spontaneous thought. Just begin to let it flow. And the next thing is, is just like Habakkuk's, the Lord said to Habakkuk, write it down, write the vision down and make it plain so people can run with it. Okay, so you're going to begin to journal. You're going to take out a pen and paper. You're going to get on Google Docs, however you write, uh, you know, and be, you know, get on your Microsoft Word document or whatever, whatever you prefer, and begin writing. You're going to write down whatever thought comes, however it flows, because you'll have time later to sort out, oh, God, was this from you? Because you'll have stuff that you'll be like, God, I don't know if that was from you. But here's the cool thing. The next thing is, is you bounce it, this is the last point, you bounce it off of those who are spiritually mature. This is really key. And the reason it's key is, um, we talked about the, the wire, we talked about that shield. You know, sometimes we hear God's voice. Uh, the, Paul even says, talking about prophecy, talking about himself, I prophesy in part, I know in part, and I prophesy in part. Sometimes p- pieces are missing. Or sometimes they come in a little skewed. Sometimes that shield isn't, you know, thorough. You know, maybe even your walk with the Lord and, and you don't have that scripture ingrained in your heart thoroughly uh, harbored up to, to be kind of a foolproof shield. Even if you've been walking with the Lord, you're a senior saint or maybe you're not that old, but you're a super saint, you know, and, and, and you know, we still need to bounce that stuff off. I'm going to tell you a story really quick. Um, I've made decisions that uh, people have told me, you know, I'm just not sensing the Lord on that. And I made them anyway. And guess what? It failed. It was a mistake. You know what? Because I wasn't in a place that I was willing to discern uh, the other people in my life. You know? That doesn't mean every time someone comes to you with a contrary thing, but it's, it's worth saying God, this is what I thought I heard. I submitted it to them. They didn't seem to receive it. That's okay. That shouldn't be a pride herder. That should, that, should, that should make you feel good. I'm a part of the body of Christ. I've been held accountable. I'm not going to do something until I have run it by the people that, that, I, uh, that I'm running with. You know, it doesn't even have to always be a pastor. It doesn't have to always, you know, there are many people in this room that could be someone to bounce something off of spiritually too. Saying, does this just sound like the Lord? You know, oftentimes I am a spiritual dreamer. Okay, the Lord gives me so much stuff and I could be, I could work overload. The problem I've always had is when to implement. And I'll come and I'll say, oh, I got this great vision. I feel like the Lord has said this. And Sarah will be like, yeah, that's awesome vision, but that's not a now time that's not something i don't i sense the lord in it but i don't sense that that god is saying for you to do this now he's wanting to speak into you that you can birth this thing out does it make sense well let's pray as we close today um we're gonna pray that that uh god would reveal to us um any areas in our heart that would stop us from hearing god's voice 
we're going to ask that the Lord would uh, show us more clearly uh, how he speaks to us in our, uh, in our still small voice. Uh, and we're going to ask him that uh, he would help us carve out that quiet time, that we could find our watch post in life. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you are always speaking, and we want our hearts to be turned towards you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would search our hearts, and you would find, if you found any wicked way in us, that if you found anything in us that was unforgiveness, God, if you found any uh, bitterness in us, God, any resentment, God, whether it's to you or to someone else, Lord, that you would rise that to the top and that you would help us work through that and deal with it, God, because we don't want it there. I don't want it there. God, I pray, Lord, um, in the busyness of life, in sometimes all-consumingness of life, our weakness as Americans, as people, is finding the watchtowers. Finding the watch posts. Father, give us strength to get to those watch posts. And give us discernment and wisdom and knowledge on how to protect them, God. I pray for our children that they would understand when moms and dads need that watch post time. And that you would help us and, and teach us on how to train our own children and how to have their own watch post times. God, we thank you for the people in this room. Father, our hearts have been challenged today. Father, I pray um, that you would speak clearly to us this week. Teach us how to hear your voice because it is so important. We want to be like sheep following the good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read something to you, and um, after I'm done reading it, it'd be great if, uh, Naj, if you could put on some music after I'm done, and um, we'll just close the, the service. This is a famous, famous verse. Many of you have heard this, even if you haven't walked with the Lord. They recite this verse in movies. It's one of the most famous verses in Scripture, and it's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not have want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff They actually comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all of my enemies, and you've anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. God bless you guys. Us near to behold the glory of the Lord. So we will not fail through the storm and through the flood by your spirit, by your blood. We will stand, we will stand with a trumpet.
Stay. We're the trumpet. 